0: Ready, set, hook! <laughs> And we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown community supported. I'm Travis Curra and today on the show, joined by Tanya Walter, a defensive assistant with the BC Lions. She was just hired in February, the first full-time female coach in CFL history. With Pod Power, our sponsors are making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. This episode, the Edmonton Community Foundation is helping us give a Pod Power shout out to your Forest, a podcast about the natural world. Hear stories about the environment, renewable resources, conservation, forestry, hunting, fishing, and more. This is a podcast for those who cannot live without the joys and wonders of all wild things. Find your forest wherever you get your podcasts or at your forestpodcast.com. It's yourforestpodcast.com. Let's get to my conversation with Tanya Walter. And joining the show right now is a defensive assistant with the BC Lions, the first full-time female coach in CFL history. It is Tanya Walter. Thanks for coming on the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Now, first... I hope it's okay. I can open with your Twitter bio, <laughs> which <laughs> reads, Game Changer, I'm just here to break barriers, create opportunities, and eat pizza. So we only ask the hard hating questions here, your favorite type of pizza.
1: <laughs> um, Well, I kind of have two, I suppose. The first one is very controversial, uh, ham and pineapple. Uh, but I also really enjoy like a spicy saupacetta with ricotta.
0: Oh, getting fancy there! Yeah. <laughs> no, you're from Forestburg, Alberta, right? Correct. Now I'm in Blackfalds, Alberta. So going to the city for you might be stettler or Red Deer or yeah, Edmonton, of course. Where where are you finding pizza in Forestburg?
1: <laughs> you know what? We actually, um I mean, I haven't been there. Re- actually, no, I was there recently. There's a A a restaurant called Cedars. Um, Oh, nice. New ownership now, but that's kind of always been the go to place for pizza there.
0: I will remember that next time I'm (laughs) in that neck of the woods. I have to ask you where your football journey started, joining the CFL just what, eight months ago now? But where did you get started in the game?
1: So I got started in the game as a player um i joined the women's tackle football team the edmonton storm in 2013 i believe um so i played up until i guess covid um okay. the whole every season uh we unfortunately missed two seasons before i came here due to covid so been a player um a year or two into playing i started to get into coaching i started to get into just kind of you know developing programs so like where there wasn't things that I felt like we needed so girls tackle football I was part of starting that in Edmonton um, and just kind of finding whatever you know pathways I could find along the way a little bit of flag football coaching um, and then ultimately I worked some administrative um, minor football stuff before I came here.
0: Now, was football a game you'd been itching to get into, but just, you know, in high school or whatever, there just wasn't really anywhere for you to play at that time? Is is it something that you were itching to, to play until you got on with the storm?
1: Uh, you know what? Uh, my town obviously didn't have football, super small. Uh, I know the town kind of next to us, well, 45 minutes, uh, Sedgwick always had a football team, um, but I just, I was never really exposed to football mm. growing up. Um, I wasn't around it my family didn't really my family didn't watch it um, so I didn't really know much or really pay attention to it. Uh, it wasn't until actually the NBA locked out in 2009 or 2010 that I was like, well I can't watch basketball anymore <laughs> so I need something else to watch so I started watching CFL um the kind of, Interesting part of that is like my team from the beginning that I decided on was actually the VC lions. Wow. Um. So that's kind of cool, but yeah, I just kind of, I started watching it and then really when it came to playing, it was actually less about the sport itself and more about the opportunity to play a sport competitively out of high school. Um, I was always an athlete. Basketball is my sport. Um, I played a little bit of everything though. So to be able to, you know, not be in college and, you know, don't have that access, but to be able to play a sport at a competitive level and know there's a bit of a pathway was a really big thing for me.
0: You had kind of, I guess, came in with some fresh eyes. Were, there, were there, Did you have any role models or anything like that? Or you're like, this is something I can continue playing at a higher level after school and I just want to go for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I was 21, I think, when I first started playing. Um, so I was out of high school for a while, um, kind of finished up my schooling, and I was working full time. Um, so even though I'd watched a little bit, um, I really had no idea what was going on. Um, and it wasn't until I played that I really started to understand it. But yeah, it was, you know women's football had really just started in Edmonton, at least. I think I played the second or third year that the team existed. Um, I came in with a very high performance mindset because I knew from the beginning that there was the opportunity to play Team Canada. And that was something I wanted to do because obviously highest level of the sport, like a good challenge. So I just, I looked at a little bit more from that perspective when there was maybe still a little bit of like you know, recreational aspect that people are playing because it was something fun. Um, So I think that's what drove a lot of the kind of high performance um, pieces and really trying to grow the sport from the bottom up with the girls tackle and all of that.
0: The silver medal at the IFAF Women's World Championships in 2017. How was that experience uh, representing Canada?
1: It was amazing. And also, again, kind of interesting that all of my football brings me back to BC, but the championships were actually in Langley that year. Wow. Um, But yeah, it was a really amazing experience. I mean, again, growing up an athlete, like you always are like, oh, like the coolest thing would be to play for my country. And I never had that opportunity in the sport. I loved basketball. So, you know, to actually have that opportunity when I thought that was long gone was really, really special Uh, and the biggest thing was to just see women from other parts of the world um, playing as well and playing against the best of the best. I mean, we have a pretty competitive league in the WWCFL, but I mean, anytime you get out against the Americans, that's mm-hmm. kind of a whole different world right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. How have you seen the the growth of women's football in Canada since Since you started, has it been continually growing in the past, you know, six, seven years?
1: I would say that there has been a lot of growth since I started playing. Um, But unfortunately, I think kind of the pinnacle of growth was right before the pandemic. I know Mm. in Edmonton and kind of everything that I had going on with girls tackle, women's, um, things that I was really trying to push just came to a dead halt. Um, And already being a sport that doesn't have the support that, you know, other sports do or really like the men's or boys do. um, The fact that we have to play in the spring to offset from regular football season, spring was the time where you couldn't play at all. Like nothing was open. We had no access to anything because of COVID. So girls and women's football did definitely took a hit in Edmonton and realistically in Canada as a whole, missing two whole years, I mean, the Girls' Tackle League that I was a part of starting up in Edmonton, I mean, we would have been going into our second season in 2020. Ah. And, like, we had such great momentum the first season. I mean, we had 48 girls, I think, that ended up playing that first season. But up until everything closed down, we were just starting to ramp up, and we were getting uh, over 100 girls out to our events. And so there was a lot of growth there, but then obviously kind of they haven't really – had the opportunity to have a full season yet because of that.
0: You, uh, I think you had mentioned just basically a year or two into playing, you wanted to get into coaching. Like, What was that moment where you wanted to also help other players grow their skills in football on the coaching side of things?
1: I think for me one of the big things was there was a lot that I desired as a player and not even just as a football player, but all sports kind of growing up. I always desired a great coach. Um, You know, I I had a couple really good coaches growing up, but I also had a couple of very poor coaches. And I just, I knew how important that was and how life-changing that can be. So I wanted to be able to give other people that opportunity to, you know, have a great coach and to, you know, really cheer them on and support them and like make them and help them be the best that they can be.
0: I want to ask you what drove you to the defensive side of the ball. I always find that uh, the people that play defense, they're just wired differently (laughs) than those offensive cats. So what drove you to that side?
1: Honestly, that's just kind of where I ended up my first year. So I didn't really know, again, like I had watched, but wasn't super aware and started playing. I ended up on the defensive side of the ball as a linebacker. Actually, I started as a D end and then they were like, no, no, no you're going to linebacker and I just stayed there my entire career um, with a couple of exceptions. Uh, Team Canada, I actually played offensive line. So that was a little bit of a transition. (laughs) Uh, And then coming off of uh, world championships, coming back to my team, I played linebacker and offensive line. Um, You know, women's football, we're not lucky enough to just play one side of the ball for the most part. So Um, you know, it was good though, because it, at that point in time, uh, just to really learn more about the game and have a better understanding to be able to be on the other side of the ball was super helpful. Just even as a coach, obviously as a player, but yeah.
0: You had St. Sto- I mean, uh, at St. Francis Xavier in Edmonton, the high school, the Edmonton Huskies. Now the BC Lions happen. You know, back in February, do you remember the day when the call came, or how did that come about?
1: Yeah, no, I. Uh, it was a very quick process, um, that's for sure. It was a little bit of a whirlwind. I definitely. Remember all of the fine details, though, and honestly, like one of the, I think the most memorable parts of it was like finding out and then not being able to tell anyone, and oh, having to yeah. explain to like my bosses at the time, like, "Hey, I I have to leave for two days," um, so just kind of living with that secret for a couple days was uh, was a unique experience, that's for sure.
0: You probably haven't experienced your first uh, Vancouver winter yet, but that's probably something that's <laughs> going to be nice to get used to, that uh, Vancouver weather. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: definitely a lot nicer than Edmonton
0: winter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and hey, playing indoors is definitely something that you look forward to and could be a home playoff game for the BC Lions. Now, were there any sort of adjustments that you needed to make as a coach in the pros versus junior football uh, when, when it came to your coaching?
1: Uh, absolutely. It's, it's a very different, it's a very different world. Uh, and I knew that coming into it, but I think just the tempo's a lot faster. Um, the expectations are a lot higher on the players. Um, you know, it's a little bit more, it's a lot more specific versus like junior high school, you um, you know, it's a little bit more lax, like you're really focusing on making sure that they're learning. And, you know, everything is a little bit more obviously simplified. But I think like playbook aside, and like the actual X's and O's, the biggest thing is just that change in tempo and that change in, you know, approach to practice, like it's very less is more um, versus, you know, sometimes getting into junior and high school, like you really are having to go through a lot of that more than you probably want
0: to. Football is a game of preparation, and I'm also I'm always blown away by how much time coaches put on the clock. It's it seems like to the office at four or five and leaving at nine or ten and, and crazy hours like that. Uh, was there a moment for you or like? Here we go. <laughs> I'm around the game, you know, 18 hours a day. I, I love this. And w- when did that happen? I'm sure training camp cam Kamloops must have been this. This is this is a different world, but I love it, you know?
1: Yeah, no, I like from the very beginning, it was, you know, incredibly exciting, like to be around a sport that I love so much. Uh, in you know a working capacity and a full-time capacity is very exciting Uh, at the same time like the first couple months like yeah they're a little bit overwhelming there's there's a lot going on like not only are you trying to kind of learn how everything operates and how everyone interacts and all of that but you're also dealing with you know the fact that I'm the only female Um, you know and there's a lot of little intricacies and challenges and interactions that you have to deal with along the way that aren't surprising um you know more than prepared for them but you know some of them get a little bit exhausting at times so it's just it was you know the first couple months where they were a challenge but I think like honestly probably about a month ago everything started to like fully come together uh, which took a little bit longer than I would have liked but you know time is time and it'll happen when it happens but that was kind of the point where I was like, okay, like everything makes sense. Everything's fitting together. I just, you know, I know that day to day there's less surprises, all of that.
0: His uh, The 18-game season is also a bit of a marathon, too. It's not, <laughs> there's no, you know, a couple months here, you play 10 or 12 games. That That 18 games must be a real grind. And once you get to this point and you're getting ready for the playoffs, you're, of course, excited for the playoffs, but maybe excited for some you probably don't get much but some downtime you know come december maybe after the gray cup
1: <laughs> yeah you know uh i know it was something that a lot of people said with me coming in they're like oh you are gonna have to be ready for like long hours hard work mm. like it's not easy and i was like okay cool yeah i'm aware of that i mean i've always worked long hours i've always had a lot on the go um i've always been bad at making time for myself and taking time off. So like for me, honestly, it wasn't that much of a shift. Um, It hasn't been that much of a challenge for me. Honestly, in some aspects, it's a little bit easier because I've been able to step out of the community that I've been a part of with so many commitments. Um, And also just honestly be able to focus on one thing for me was actually a little bit easier than how I was doing things and what I was doing before.
0: Were you kind of surprised by some of the attention and headlines that you made across Canada in, in February when, when the hire happened, like, was it, did you realize maybe the impact that that was going and has made?
1: Yeah, no, I, I was more than aware that it was going to, you know, be a big deal because it is like, if I was to take myself out of my shoes and look at it, you know, from the outside, as someone different like yeah that's super exciting obviously to finally have a female in a role like that and being able to you know open up the doors and like build a comfortability within the CFL and men's football to you know welcome women in so I expected that Um, I don't think I expected to do as many interviews (laughs) as much as uh, I did but I know like for me I know how important it is to to do those interviews to give more exposure for girls and women essentially to see that, you know, it is possible and that there's, you know, the opportunity and also just for it to be, I guess, common knowledge, you know, there's, it's a men's game right now. It's very, uh, very, you know, limited in the sense of women having access to it, even like as a player, but obviously as, you know, even administrative and coaching. So that's where you know a lot of that attention can have a very positive impact obviously uh with that obviously does come some negative uh i was pleasantly surprised about the lack of awful things that people said uh, i'd seen mm. women i've played against go through the process of starting in the nfl um and that was a much harsher scenario wow. that i had to deal with so I was thankful for that. And I actually thought it was really cool to see, you know, fans of other teams being excited about it. You know, they're like, I'm not a Lions fan, but like, I think this is really cool. So I think that was something that really stood out to me.
0: Yeah. There are so many great, I mean, female fans that listen to the show. My my, my wife cheers for uh, the Edmonton Elks. So, I mean, we have a great relationship surrounding football. What sort of do you bring a different approach, or do you think women in general bring a different approach to coaching or the game or just sports in general? Because what we've seen across the country lately, it kind of seems like we do need more women in sports to kind of let's let's face it, improve things in general. Because uh, there's a lot of people in leadership positions kind of dropping the ball when it comes to that thing. Uh, but what what sort of different perspectives do you think women bring to the game of football or sport in general?
1: I think it's it is. It's a very different perspective that a female can bring just because their experience of the sport or of the game is significantly different. I mean, if you look at the CFL, You know, a majority of the coaches and a majority of the staff have come from being players in the CFL Mm -hmm. or they come from being a longtime participant or being involved in the football community, which again, it's all men. So they kind of all come from the same camp in a way. It's like, yes, you're still going to have variations within that, but they have all experienced the sport in a very similar pattern and a very similar experience. So when you bring in women, you get people that are coming from a completely different background. Like I was never like, Oh, it's a privilege for me to play. Like I'm, you know, it wasn't just an opportunity that was like, yeah, I could do that. I could not do that. Like whatever. It was like, I had to fight, you know, for the opportunity to play at a high level. There isn't really the opportunity to play at a high level. So, you know, it wasn't something that was just handed to me when realistically, when you look at it as a male in sports, the opportunity is always there. So like they're very privileged to have the opportunity to play at a high level. And actually I find that's something that like day to day, when people are like, like players, you know, they're like, Oh, like I, you know, kind of not wanting to be here or like struggling a little bit. I'm just like that. Like I would give anything like to be in their shoes So I think that's a little bit of a different perspective for sure. But, you know, just looking at things differently um, because you're outside of that box of typical, you know, men's football. I just, I have a different way of looking at everything um, just because I've seen different things and I've done a lot of building from scratch um, with football that I've been involved in. You know, it's one thing to be a part of a program, but it's another thing to like build those things up. And I think a lot of those like building pieces and learning along the way have a lot to contribute to something that yes, already exists, but within its own system still is trying to grow and improve.
0: We still have uh, a few more games left in the season and the playoffs. Of course, I I remember at the beginning of the year A lot of people had the Lions missing the playoffs, quite frankly, fourth or fifth in the Western Division. Of course, every team within goes into training camp. We're all tied. We're all here for the Grey Cup. But that start to the season must have just been an incredible feeling just to feel that energy. It felt like there (laughs) something special was and is happening with the BC Lions right now as we get ready for the playoffs.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I feel like I'm the luckiest coach in the world <laughs> that my first year, my first experience with the CFL, um, started off with such a like bang, I guess, yeah. a unique start. So that was pretty cool. Um, but I always knew from the beginning, like, it's not always this easy. This is not normal, but I would definitely say, like, I feel like I'm a pretty good, like, I get a feel of a room pretty good being around people, seeing their interactions. And like, I kind of felt like from the beginning, like this is, this seems different. And then, you know, you hear other coaches and players be like, this isn't normal. Like this energy is just different. Um, Things that are usually, usually happen aren't happening. Things that usually don't happen are happening. So it has been kind of from the beginning, like this is a very special team and, you know, we've had our, challenges with losing big pieces of our puzzle Um, but we've been able to kind of rally around that and I think a lot of that comes down to the chemistry that the team does have and um, their ability to just continue to move forward so I absolutely agree that this team is something very special again I have nothing realistically to compare it to but you know again seeing and hearing other coaches and players you know talk about how it's just it's just different.
0: You've been able to work with some of the greatest CFL players of all time and what they do. John Bowman and Ryan Phillips on the defense. Very great when they were on the field and it seems like they're very great when they're off the field as well. How has it been working with those, I'd say future Hall of Famers in Canadian football?
1: Oh it's been it's been phenomenal. Um the two of them and Travis Brown, our linebacker coach, uh, have been an absolute delight to work with. Uh they've been very, you know, supportive, very understanding, um more than happy to help. Um and really great at making me feel like I am part of something and not just like an assistant in the corner doing things, um, kind of on their own. So I've been really appreciative of that. And, you know, obviously to learn from people who had very successful careers and were kind of the people that they were, I mean, both of them, you know, had the unique opportunity of being in the same program for a really long time. I mean, Beau was with Montreal for, forever um and our people here for quite a long time so i think that brings a bit of a unique perspective because they do have kind of more continuity instead of bouncing around so much so it's been amazing to learn from them work with them um you know day to day i don't think there's really anyone at this time that i would rather spend 12 hours a day with
0: you're not a year into your cfl career yet but how far do you want to go in this game
1: You know, I want to take it as far as I can, as far as works for me. I mean, you never know what's going to come up in life, what opportunities are going to present themselves. So, you know, I'm going to do everything that I can to move forward in this. Um, you know, what, what happens, happens. What's meant to be is meant to be. So I would love to be a head coach someday, um, but I'm just going to take it year by year, month by month, and go from there.
0: Well, you've done a lot in a short time. <laughs> so I uh, I would uh, not doubt anything uh, that happens in your career. Uh, Tanya, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me today and taking time and being generous with your time. And, uh, hey, thanks for coming on the show. And, hey, best of luck to the Lions as you get ready for the the Grey Cup playoffs.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks again to Tanya Walter for coming on Two and out for this episode. The defensive assistant with the BC lions was so great to talk to. So thanks to her for being so generous with her time, especially during this busy part of the season. This episode of Two and out is brought to you by Alberta blue cross and Alberta blue cross understands that running a small business is tough. They understand that Alberta business owners, they're busy. So let Alberta blue cross give you peace of mind with a group benefit plan. They offer health, dental, life, and disability coverage for your employees. Alberta Blue Cross Group benefit plans are easy to manage anywhere, anytime, and on any device, making it easy for you and your employees to access. To learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. Make sure you subscribe and like, and hey, leave a rating on your favorite podcatcher for 2 and out. You can subscribe, like, ring the bell, comment, and do all that fun stuff on YouTube. As well. You can even send us an email at 2andout.ca. Take care of yourself. I will talk to you on Monday, hopefully with Brazilian Tai, to recap week 20 of the CFL season. We'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.